is just blood. It's just wet in a different color. Let's be honest. Welcome to Free Flow, a podcast by Sheep Period, where we freely discuss topics about and around menstruation. Everyone is welcome to listen and join our conversation. I'm Livia, your host, and today we'll be talking about sex positivity on your period with Suki Singapore. Let's get messy and stamp some blankets together. Right after that, Femsi app will be coming in with Lost in Menstruation, bringing in some data and information on menstrual health. Stay tuned until the last drop when me, Livia, will come back with what's good, a bonus section with some fine tips. Let's get our flow on. Welcome to Free Flow. Today I've got with me Suki Singapore. She's an entertainer and an activist. You may know her as Suki Manon if you follow her on Instagram or if you watch the Netflix show Singapore Social. And today we're going to be talking about feeling sexy in your masturbating body and how we can either overcome some embarrassment, we're going to point our fingers at taboos, and we're going to talk solutions. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing more than talking today. So welcome, Suki. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Woo, yes. <laughs> Our first Netflix star. I feel so honored. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. What This is a build up now. Now I feel like everything I have to say has got to be like very, very strong content. Okay, I appreciate it. Should I take like a virtual bow? Yes. And the audience goes crazy. Yes, menstruation, menstruation. Honestly, that is the energy we need to bring in. It's just woohooing, yassing, clapping, throwing bills at the stage for menstruation. I mean, if there is someone to talk about feeling sexy, I think it would be you, right? Like you're so comfortable in your own expression of sensuality. It's very inspiring. Like it's very easy to just get inebriated in that burlesque mindset. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, what I have done in terms of my career up until now has been a big part of my comfortability with sex and sex positivity I mean from a young age though I was always kind of like that you know what I mean I would always question things and so I think into burlesque that internal rhetoric of questioning things really helped me debunk a lot of things that didn't make sense are actually things that society is putting on us it's not something that's come from us we've created this machine that tells us how to feel, how to think, what's sexy, what's not. What should we do? What shouldn't we do? This is right. This is wrong. Do you know what I mean? And often, more often than not, it's illogical. You notice that a lot just by the amount of effort that it takes to keep everything under wraps and to keep controlling and censoring and how naturally things just come out, you know, like how easy a laughter bursts out or how you mm. just get into a flirtatious mood. It's just so natural yeah. how it comes, this feeling that you mentioned when you're young. Like I remember also getting this like the Saren's call mm. of something, like an awakening and the effort and the constant teaching and the censoring that it takes you to just feel bad about everything. At some point, it, mm. you internalize it. And I think that's sex on your period is a perfect topic to talk about what you've internalized and what is your actual like gut feeling or what you wish to be doing. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this because all the time, like when we talk about menstruation, there's so many topics that get covered. You know, you talk about health, you talk about cramps, you talk about hormones, mood swings, we talk about sustainability, but I've never heard anyone talk about 
sex during menstruation ever. And even when I'm talking to like my friends, that topic doesn't really come up. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I've got such bad cramps or my cramps are so bad or, oh my gosh, I feel so emotional. No one ever says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm still sexually active on my period or I feel really horny right now and I'm on my period. Like those, are, I mean, even that sentence, like, oh, did I just say something naughty? You know what I mean? And I think that's ridiculous and that needs to stop. And I think as well, it's crazy. And I, I kind of want to see more about that. So I thought I'd share like my experiences of this and also kind of debunk the whole taboo around it and figure out where is it coming from? Is it coming from society or is it genuinely coming from us? Do we genuinely mm. not want to have sex, not want to talk about sex when we're on our periods? Do we? So yeah, that's why I was like, let's go in hard on this topic. No pun intended. <laughs> I think the answer is a bit of yes and no for both. I mean, I do think society try to shame it, but the, the first one, do we want to? And I changed my mind about that because before I used to think that it was me that didn't want to, mm. but I think I was just so uncomfortable because sex is a thing with two people minimum, yeah? mm. but I don't know. Okay, now that I started answering, I think in the end I did want it to, but I told myself that I didn't want to because I didn't really trust mm. the guy when he said like, I don't care. And I'd be like, I care, you know, I care how I feel right now. And you're not helping by saying you don't care. Mm. Like the ignoring that it exists mm. in order to enjoy it is also not what would put mm. me in the mood back then, you know? A guy just saying, I don't care. And you could really feel that why he was saying that is because he really was about to not pay attention to you at all. Right. You know, like, yeah. I really don't care. You could be on your period. You could have three heads. I'm not even looking, you know, like that's kind of. <laughs> and then you meet a guy or like a partner that you're with and they really say not I don't care, but they really make you feel like, I don't mind. Let's do this together. It's going to be fun. It's going to be like slippery and messy. Mm, if nice. it hits different, like I still want to, even though versus uh, let's pretend it's not happening. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. Exactly. And I think it all boils down to gender dynamics, doesn't it? There's this like patriarchal, what is heteronormative society, quotation marks, telling us what is or isn't sexy. I think you're so right. Like when we say, oh, I can't have sex. I'm sorry, I'm on my period. I don't feel like it. I think we really have to like ask ourselves, genuinely mm. check in with ourselves. Are we saying that because we don't want to have sex? Or if we do want to say have sex, why are, why are we saying that? Are we saying that because they won't want to have sex with us? True. Are we saying that because we think, oh, if we start and then it's messy, it's going to get embarrassing? Um, Because at the end of the day, let's just call it what it is. It is just blood it's just wet in a different color <laughs> let's be honest and it can wash out so you know I think the more that we make it normal and the more that people talk about it the less it becomes taboo I think it's important though and as I was thinking about this just to reiterate that it's totally normal for you to think no actually I don't have sex or I don't want to talk about sex in my period because I don't want to not everyone feels um, in the mood during their period and not everyone wants to have sex on their period. And that's mm -hmm. okay. That's okay. But I think what's important is that we have a choice. You know what I mean? I think that's really key. Yeah, I think you really hit the, the nail here. 
Every time we're talking about like feeling sexy or sensual with yourself, it does not mean forcing when you in your gut feeling mm. you're saying, like, I don't actually want to do it. Yeah. If you have the opposite where you kind of have this tingling sensation, like I kind of want to do it, then this is where you should tap into that yeah. to feel like comfortable and question why is it then that I don't? What is it internally or externally? Like, is it the partner that I'm with? Like, they're not making yeah. me feel safe and like, I don't think they know what mm -hmm. to do in the situation. So I don't want to have to teach mm -hmm. right now. I just want to go for mm -hmm. it. No one should pressure you in a sexual context regardless. So say, for example, this podcast goes out and society starts to change and sex during menstruation becomes totally acceptable. If you're in a situation where somebody's saying, yeah, but it's totally normal to have sex when you're period and you don't feel like having sex, that's nothing to do with your period. So I think that's also like a really important little note because sometimes when we dispel taboos, we're kind of opening up the possibility of us using, you know, society using that against us. So, you know, like I say, it's, it's everyone's kind of different. So just feel into how you want to experience sexuality um, and sex positivity and don't let anyone else dictate that. Are you looking to get new products? You know when they ask you a rhetorical question, <laughs> there's a promo code included as well. So why not? We're doing the same. We are a real podcast. Let's go. <laughs> I got a new deal for you, and this is outside of what's good, so it's a bonus tip. Everyone listening to this podcast gets to share or use a coupon on sheperiod.com. Okay, so head over to sheperiod.com, check out what you want. We got menstrual discs, lubricants, sterilizer case. This was my favorite. It's just so easy to carry around everywhere. Choose your favorite products, put it in the cart. Code, free flow, all together, no spaces. Boom, $10 discount. This is, we're talking Singapore dwellers over here. This is for everyone. One time use only. Don't get greedy. And it goes all the way until July 31st, 2022. Choose your faves and get a discount. Free flow on sheperiod.com. When we're talking about making it acceptable, like I think between longish term relationships it is you know or if you have like two or more mm. partners that both menstruate it is more acceptable you know there is just this less barrier and i think we need to touch on an important point which is dating like just hookup culture and stuff because you don't have the time to actually create that intimacy because you're also thinking of sexual carefulness You know, and it is blood. It does have things that you can't really get in touch mm. with. So I think that will always mm -hmm. be something that we can, that we need to remember that not everyone may mm -hmm. have the relationship status that allows them to do this. Because if you're, you know, an informal partner, you might be wearing protection and you might not want for many reasons, yeah. not just pregnancy. And then the blood does carry some stuff. So I don't know. 100% actually, which brings us to like, I guess the pros and cons of it all really, um, very much like any STI, um, HIV is carried in the blood and including menstrual blood. So it's really important to, you know, it's really important to wear protection just because you're on your period doesn't mean that you should stop using protection during sex. Um, and of course, when there's a bit more blood, um, there is like a higher risk, but like any 
sexually transmitted disease there's there's a high risk so you should always just be safe and careful yeah these people that are just protecting against babies you need to remember that's not the only permanent thing that can come out of sex okay <laughs> just exactly. you, yeah either let's make it acceptable and normal to just get tested all the time so we can share results yes. and then make decisions after that and then you can be having yes. like all the informal period yeah. sex you want <laughs> Or just accept that it's it's okay to be protected too and that it's important for everyone to be comfortable. You know, you were saying before, like, oh, people don't talk about period sex and we need to go over the patriarchal taboos. I got both in one for you. So I did hear a lot about sex during your period, but it was, oh, she's on your period? Doesn't matter. Turn her around. It's anal time. Or... Just put her away for a couple of days. She's no use. Ha ha ha. You know, it was always these two jokes and they only serve mm. from the male perspective. Right. First of all, when we go into pros and cons, I want right. to talk about the first myth of <laughs> if she's not, um, if she's on her period to do anal. Yeah. That is not a good tip, yo. Like, it really isn't. <laughs> and we can go into the yeah. <laughs> should we talk pros and cons I, think it's, I love that you went there yeah 100 let's <laughs> let's get let's get hard and dirty and fast okay right well yes. what, exactly exactly there are huge benefits actually in um hmm. having sex during menstruation interesting i don't know much about the benefits other than like subjective you know like good feelings and stuff so i'm wow really yeah no looking forward to hear your pros there yeah so like a couple of pros if i jump on straight straight on into that i mean there are massive benefits of having sex during menstruation first of all relief from period cramps when i was younger i used to get the worst cramps like radiator hugging me rolling around wanting to put like a hot compress on my stomach horrendous cramps and when I became sexually active they kind of disappeared and that is a natural thing when you have sex during menstruation mm. literally when you're kind of being penetrated it helps ease those cramps over time it makes those periods cramp period cramps less severe and also It makes your period shorter. Really? Also, natural lube. You know, blood is a fantastic lubricant. So you can just chuck the KY jelly in the bin because it is naturally going to get wet and wild. Once we think about it just being lube rather than being blood, I think it can be really fun. Um, so, yeah. I guess, you know, you look at the pros and you think about, okay, so those are the pros, but there must be so many cons, right? There must be so many cons. I mean, I, that can't be right. It can't be. What about STIs? What about UTIs? I, yeah. I mean... I think I would put, I would put, I would still put the no baby thing into a pro list in my book. If you have sex menstruation, I mean, it's not a hundred percent. You can get pregnant anytime, I guess, but absolutely, you can get pregnant anytime, and that is that definitely is like I think a lot of people think that that is you know you can have sex and you're not going to but no, when you're menstruating, you can still get pregnant. So it's really important to wrap up. It really, really is. Okay, so we put that also in the con list that maybe baby going through. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. the pro maybe, maybe. is that if you're not gonna get pregnant <laughs> yes. but the con is that you maybe maybe you will. yeah 
<laughs> yeah, maybe you will. Yeah, always important. You know, menstruation doesn't mean that you um that you're not immune from from pregnancy. I guess the the biggest cons is that one, it can get messy. Mess, like we mentioned, I do you know, think. bleeding can make you feel self conscious. It can be a pain if instead of thinking about how much you're enjoying your sexual experience, you're thinking about how much bleach it will take to um, restore your Egyptian <laughs> cotton sheets. Um, that can make you <laughs> tap out of being present during sex. But really, that is kind of a, you know a weak downside. The other thing is, is that when you become confident and totally comfortable with having sex during menstruation, it's really important that you remember if you use tampons as a way of managing your menstruation. Oh my God, that happened to a friend. Because penetration, whilst you're wearing a tampon, will push it up to the point of which you will have to have it removed by a doctor. So it's all well and good being like, yes, now I'm cool with sex during menstruation. Let's go. Remember to take it out or it will be. <laughs> Can I tell a funny story? Go, tell me. <laughs> I had a friend. She's a doctor, by the way, nowadays. But before this, she had a hookup after a college party. So she was kind of drunk, but it was consensual. And then the next day, she was like, I don't think I took my tampon out. I think I just left it in. And we're like, oh, my God, are you okay? She was like, yeah, he wasn't very big. I didn't even notice that the tampon was in. Well, she's she's lucky. <laughs> She is lucky, <laughs> but even if your partner isn't well endowed, <laughs> please remember to take your tampon. <laughs> no, it was still hard to get it out. That's how she figured out that she had it in. She was like, I went to get it out. The oh, little goodness. cord was gone. Oh, and then she had to do some digging. Oh, like he still did some oh. damage, but no pain, you know, usually the pain would alert oh, you. Oh God, but... I've just got all kinds of visuals of three blind mice for some reason now so <laughs> step away from the shot today <laughs> um so i guess yeah that's a that could be a con and i and as we touched upon you know as with any type of sex aside from that it is an incredible experience and you know there's absolutely absolutely so many reasons to feel sexy when you're menstruating why not it's the most natural thing in the universe um and who who doesn't want shorter periods and relief from period cramps who doesn't want natural lube save you a bomb and you know what when we're feeling aroused when we're during menstruation who doesn't want to just say i feel sexy let's have sex and not worry about it yeah and you can still use toys, by the way. Everything is, like, you should get, first of all, like, washable toys. Yes. But some people are embarrassed of using anything, you know, using the hand on themselves, using mm -hmm. toys to join in, mm -hmm. anything related to the mess, to the spreading yourself around. Mm -hmm. Like, when you hear in discourse people talking about how minorities shouldn't be afraid to take space, I think that, like, this in menstrual health thing, we should take space with the stains and, and let it be a mess. Let it touch. It's mm -hmm. You do all the time by accident anyway, so it's okay to do it in front of a partner. 100%. Later, share. Why not as a great like calm down thing to do together is to just take a quick shower. You can share this moment. You know, you need aftercare after sex. And if you are someone that is not used to having period sex, then I really suggest that try it out with a partner that you trust. 
and then take a shower later together. You know, wash yourselves. I love that. I love that so much. Or do it in the shower. Do it in the shower. Yeah, start there. Start getting playful do you know what I mean? in somewhere that it makes you comfortable. It really is something to be proud of, not something to be ashamed of. We should own and not hide because it's the most phenomenal gift many of us have been given. I mean, you know, whether you do or don't menstruate, I think just appreciating the process, I just think it's the coolest thing. And it, it shouldn't be something that we think, God, I wish I didn't. It should be something I think, oh, you know what, that's badass and that's cool. And I want to poke it in the shower and <laughs> all of the good stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and direct message to the men if you're hearing, like, you need to catch up because we're starting to have, like, men that menstruate and they don't care and they know what to do and that feels incredibly yes. validating so the competition is getting tighter boys like <laughs> keep up 100 <100%. laughs> percent. because we needed to be eased into it as well like i didn't yeah. always think like this i was always very nervous about this topic so i told myself I don't want to have sex when I'm on my peer. It doesn't matter what he thinks because it was just this protection thing. Like if I make it that it's what I want, then it doesn't feel like it's something that they made me think that I should be embarrassed about. But I changed my mind. I love changing my mind, especially about like health and learning and being confident. So I think you guys just got to be honest. I'm not yelling, but you need to step up a little bit. Meet us halfway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not even like just men, you know, I think... Anyone experiencing a partner menstruating needs to really step up and become totally cool and comfortable True. with it. So, I mean, how bold are we going? Because we can go super bold. We can talk about, like, oral sex as well. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it is just blood. Even if you are uh, not identifying as male and your partner is menstruating, even, you know, if you're in, like, a unbelievably mm -hmm. awesome lesbian relationship i think there's nothing wrong with you know pleasuring your partner orally when they're men menstruating either i mean it's just personal preference isn't it if like, you could just as with anything you've got to tap into yourself and think about what are the intentions behind the discomfort that i'm feeling that goes with everything not just menstruation but life you need to really unpack it and go when i'm making the, the sound uh Am I making the sound uh because I genuinely feel that? Am I making the sound uh because it genuinely is uh? Or am I making that sound because it's coming from a different place? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. The last one made me a bit uncomfy. I was like, uh, oral sex. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Mm, okay. But if I had like a disc or the sponge on, so it's not like free bleeding. Yeah. I think I could get to that place, but it would be my my halfway so I could feel comfortable as well. Yeah, exactly. Because, okay, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm being very selfish right here. Because then they come to kiss me and I'm really going to be, uh, you know? <laughs> So I have to. I mean, to... I you're asking the wrong person here. I'm loosey goosey. I <laughs> I need to get there. Yeah, get there, get there. Because you know what, we like we shut ourselves off from so many experiences. I mean, let's go in. Allow if you'll allow me to just go in on this. At the end of the day, it just tastes like a little bit like a metal. It's nothing different to when you bite your own tongue. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as you say, you know, like if if it's not something you're comfortable with, go halfway. Actually, hey, on that topic, do you know a great company that would allow you to facilitate that at all? 
Oh, you mean a she period disc that can be worn during all sexual interactions? I do know. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I heard of them. <laughs> I, she period, you can be worn during sex and penetrative as well. And oral, that's a really good product that you can check out. I'm not saying go to the Try She Period Instagram and click on the link, but I am. I also am. Hashtag link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> but Suki, I want you to then help me out. Come in with the tips. Sure. Like what is your process either when you started to feel more comfortable with sex during period or mm -hmm. now? Like do you have a little routine? Do you have, you know, little, little tips and tricks over here? Little tips and tricks. Okay, well, a lot of the um, uncomfortableness comes from being afraid of the mess at the end of the day, being afraid of the visual. So I guess the easiest thing to do is low lighting, you know, or mood lighting. It just takes that edge off the pop of menstrual blood on sheets. And I think sometimes that can make both parties feel a bit more comfortable with it. Um, spreading a dark colored towel or dark sheets mm -hmm. over the bed before you have sex can often be really helpful because again, it stops that high contrast pop of the red on the white It can make people feel a lot more comfortable during menstruation. And also it makes you worry less about your sheets as well as being visually less intimidating. Yeah. And I think a towel, wipe up, wipe, wet wipes, anything like that beside the bed, if it just gets a little bit too much, it's always good to just dab and wipe, you know, during or after. So I think that's like a massive, massive pro. And maybe a glass of water if you're practicing oral sex during menstruation. It can always be helpful beside the bed to have a glass of water if you just feel like you want to check out or it's not for you. But it's always good to have that option. So I think as with anything, if you want to have a great sexual experience, um, it's great to be spontaneous. But if you're trying something for the first time and you want to take away that embarrassment step by step, I think preparation and just setting the mood is always key. Any special playlist for sex on your period? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to think about that, actually. I don't know. Nothing crass, just, you know, maybe have a... Do you know what? I should actually do that. I should figure out a menstruation playlist and drop that in the link to this podcast. <laughs> If you do it, we're, we're promoting it. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> I challenge anyone who's listening right now to uh, drop in a suggested playlist right now in any comments section or DMers sexual menstruation playlist because I'd be really curious as to what people have in mind. Go for it. <laughs> We got callers. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh my God. Jay from Projection just told us that they are working on a playlist for menstrual cycle, all four phases. Oh, so there will be playlists. Amazing. We're still taking submissions yes. for the sexy time, but we are going to have playlists for the menstrual cycles, all four phases. And do you ever, like, because you do performances and you schedule them ahead of time, and sometimes your cycle is going to coincide with your performing burlesque, does it affect on how you feel before a performance? Like, do you feel that your cycle interjects in your, you know, warm up or Not something really um i guess everyone is different um but uh i guess the only thing that really has affected me is if i'm not sexually active during menstruation i do get really bad period cramps of course there have been some interesting moments uh, where what do you mean i have had to take to the stage and i have been thinking oh goodness i hope that 
um, I'm all in um, because yes, whilst during a sexual situation, I feel like a little menstrual leakage isn't a problem when it comes to mm. performing. I still believe it's not necessarily a problem, but when it comes to performing in very pale, very expensive Swarovski panties, then it becomes a slight problem. Oh, no. So I think... <laughs> As with anything, it's always good to know your cycle. <laughs> you know, they have the blood on the dance floor. You can be like the blood on the Swarovski band. Pants murder on the dance floor. Yes, do a whole show, like in the whole lineup. is just burlesque performance around the topic. <laughs> well, actually, there are. There are loads of burlesque routines. Yeah, if you go to the box in London, um, shout out to the box. Um, There's all kinds of awesome epic emboldened performances um that involve menstruation talking about period on stage i used to be like the biggest rupaul fan the last two three five thousand seasons in the last two years i haven't kept up as i used to but it was so heartbreaking when they censored any menstruation talk at all there was a beautiful dress by manila luzon that was like a glamified menstrual pad and it was censored and it may not have been the first time but it's such a funny topic like so many funny things happen to your body when mm -hmm. you're on your period i wish i would see more on stage like i don't know i don't know if maybe just who's in the struggle of dealing with the blood the changes the mood the sex the all of it we see the humor in it but maybe broader audiences i don't know what it is what like what could be the stoppage that everything is funny but we can't talk about periods on stage you know i think it starts with like tentative initial conversations and i think that you know i'm so grateful for you guys for you know basically when you slid into my inbox and you were like pick a topic and I said this you were like yes absolutely <laughs> I think that it starts with a couple of individuals just being just being really comfortable to start the conversation mm. and I think it's happening you know I remember seeing some real corkers of like tv ads for menstruation and menstruation management and thinking oh my goodness gracious well, what am I watching here they like, can't even can't even show the color red do you know what I mean it's ridiculous do you remember that you used like, mm. they used, like blue liquid or something what yes. is going on yes. <laughs> you know what I mean and now it's cool you talk you talk about like you see so many more progressive ads and you know it is just literally menstruation is depicted as red and not alien juice and I think that that's helpful <laughs> so I think early 2000s 2010s where the Swedish brand was doing a commercial about periods and they took it to a new direction where it was just the CEO saying like we wanted to show the real color but we have to show this fake food coloring she was kind of more aggressive saying like the men in the audience can't handle to see it very girl boss but the message was I like I had never thought about why is it that it's blue and why is it that it can't be red and it was because of like tv censorship that was dictated by you know the keepers of the morals but look at this band-aid commercials would show a scabby red bloody knee you know i remember watching like plaster commercials or this like spray thing and they would show a bloody knee be it from a kid or for someone but then back to bank a period commercial needed to be about this girl like swimming and riding a bike with the blue thing Boom. so is it about blood Boom. nail on head 
because blood's allowed on television. So if it's not really about blood, then essentially it's censorship of menstruation. And it's as simple as that. I love that you touched on that. I love that so much. So it's logical, but hopefully conversations like this can switch things up. And I think more people talking about it is so important to changing the conversation. Have you heard about period parties? Period parties. Okay. So no, I've heard yeah. about um, post-birth eating the placenta. Oh, I want to ask questions about that because I always thought there was a myth. And this one, period parties, I don't know if how widespread it is or how truth it is because I heard it from Bert Kreischer, a comedian, on his stand-up. So most stories are embellished, but I don't think this one was from zero, right? I don't think he came up with this. Once he heard that his daughter was on his, her period, he was like, oh, no, okay, we're going to have to deal with this. And Bye. she said, no, 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 we're having a period party today. And the party means... They get like red cake, all these like thematic fun things. She invites all her close friends for her first period, right? They're celebrating it. And they're just going to have like a little party to it. And she said that the prank of it was that they would invite like two guys. Wow. But they would not know that it was a period party. And why were they the chosen ones? (laughs) And the part that it helps to normalize is that they would keep thinking that they got invited because it's related to the topic. But the whole point is that, no, it's just a party and you're here. You know, like stop thinking about why do they think of me related to period? And maybe that like dissipate the paranoia a little bit. Do you just want to come to a party? That's cool. That's bold as hell. You know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that the prank here is that mm-hmm. they should be embarrassed for being on their period, but now you're wondering if you should be embarrassed. And it kind of like sheds a mirror, nice. like a reflection, like, is there yeah. something embarrassing about this? You know, you kind of put the question mm. back. I'm assuming that that red cake was literally red velvet. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was very okay. much red velvet. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought it was a the whole concept of a, like a period party. I thought it was very there was no such thing in my time, no, at least. That's you know. so cool. My first period was pre nine eleven. That's how old it is. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think we can start to wrap up, but I want to hear your placenta party story. So, well, a badass friend of mine really kind of cares about natural health and natural remedies. She's absolutely epic, to be honest with you. And when she gave birth, um, it's really, like, it's actually quite more common than you think to eat your placenta. And before everyone who's listening to this goes, first of all, animals do it all the time in the wild. When they're cleaning their babies, they eat it. And actually, it's really, really important because after all that effort, of actually giving birth and conceiving takes a lot of energy and the placenta has so much rich goodness in terms of essential minerals it's so so good for you um and i'm not saying that everyone should like start getting their knives and forks out but um this particular friend of mine did that and essentially held a party <laughs> where everyone had it like a pate on like <laughs> okay. on like crisp bread it was actually a thing and I think she I 
vaguely remember oh she froze God. some of it and made a smoothie out of it that she then drank okay. like a couple of days later. I know it sounds crazy, a but if you, think, mm-hmm. if you think about it, though, mm. do we like we don't I feel am. weird? <laughs> we don't feel weird when we watch wildlife programs and we see like the baby giraffe being born or the like zebra being born or the baby ti- tiger being born and then licking the baby. We're like, oh my god, little baby! So essentially, it's just do the we? same thing. I think it's I think cute. So. No, I don't know. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> well, I think it's but, cool as heck. And people living their okay. authentic lives in all kinds of eccentricities and coolnesses, I'm, I'm down for. I can actually um, say just full transparency, I didn't indulge in the pate or the smoothie. However, I did appreciate the sentiment and I was so down for everyone who did and I thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> I just didn't feel that day I particularly wanted to eat my friend. So, yeah. <laughs> you had just uh, I you had just had a snack. So you weren't yeah, I was a little full. <laughs> um, keeping in touch with that friend, one day we're going to we can do an episode of, you know, recipes and delectables oh gosh, yes. for your period cycles so and we need that, that pate. <laughs> Let's get that placenta pate on the table. <laughs> La table. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more pros and cons? I think that it all boils down to the pros of anything should be living authentically and doing things from a place of being comfortable with yourself and not what society tells you. That is definitely a pro, yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you, Thank Suki, you. for sharing your yes. tips, for making us feel so comfortable, yeah. for opening my mind with a couple of new things to try. Like, I think so I feel welcome. so grateful to see how far I still have to go, you know, of like letting go of old concepts and just being in touch with myself and with others. Like, I'm very much looking forward to applying all of that. this. Thanks so much. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Thank you for coming today. Where can people find you? Where can I double tap? Yeah, okay, cool. Well, um, I hang out on Instagram the most. So um, anyone who kind of um, is listening in, if you head on over to Instagram and you go to Suki Menon, that's S-U-K-K-I-M-E-N-O-N. So at Suki Menon. I'm always an open DM policy. So if anyone wants to chat or if you've been affected by any of the topics that we've discussed today, feel free to slide into my DMs. I am never too busy and I always try to reply and I'd love to hear from you. That was very nice. So if you had any problems, go talk to Suki and go to Dry Shapira just for good compliments and the likes and the vibes. Yes, team. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Hey, if you're... If you haven't skipped the episode yet, so you probably have your hands busy and you can't really skip it right now. So I'm just going to use this space to say a little extra something. We're taking in guests. If you have someone that can be interviewed, that has like a crazy story, you can nominate a friend because they have a new perspective that we haven't reached out for. Just send us an email at helloshiperiod.com or messages on Instagram at tryshiperiod. Anyways, I'm going to stop now. Okay, bye. We like chatting, but we also like facts. Information is power, but it can be overwhelming. We are collaborating with FEMSI, an app that informs and assists all menstruating bodies with their monthly experience. And today we have their specialists here sharing some data and myth-busting. 
So let's get started with loss and menstruation. Welcome to Lost in Menstruation. Periods have been around since ever. And so, period myths. Today, let's bust two popular misbeliefs from around the world. A common topic seems to be around hair or washing hair. In India, they say we should wash our hair as soon as our period starts. In Dominican Republics and South America, they say we should not wash our hair at this time. Well, there may be some truth to both sides. In the second half of our period, your body temperature is slightly higher. Say our regular body temperature is at 36.7 degrees Celsius, and as our period starts, it slowly comes down. In the first couple days, it's around 36.4 degrees Celsius, and it stays at that temperature until we ovulate again. Washing our hair when our period starts can help bring our body temperature down, and this can kickstart the hormones for the next menstrual phase. But nothing has been proved. Speaking of temperature, there are so many beliefs in traditional medicine in Southeast Asia. In Taiwan, China, and Singapore, it is believed that cold foods or beverages can make our periods more painful. It's said that warm foods and drinks are better. Again, there may be some truth to this. Period cramps are caused by pain chemicals called prostaglandins. They target the uterus to help it shed its lining, causing our period each month. If you're applying warmth to these areas that are in pain, it helps the blood flow to the area and wash away the pain chemicals for a while. If you're applying warmth to these areas that are in pain, it helps the blood flow to the area and wash away the pain chemicals for a while. So, warmth can help you feel better when you have period cramps. But it doesn't automatically make the opposite true. There's no evidence, at least yet, that cold foods make period cramps worse. And these were the myth-busting of today. If you want to know more about menstrual cycle, make sure to download FEMCY app, F-E-M-C-Y. FEMCY is available for download on Google Play in India, Singapore, Philippines, and UK. Soon it'll be coming to iOS. And that was Lost in Menstruation, a collaboration between Sheep Period and FEMCY app, empowering menstruators by sharing information and busting period myths. Now let's get back to our regular schedule. You're still here? You're still listening? Let's get into what's good. The section where we share fun tips and treat you real good. So what's good today? Let's talk pelvic floor muscles. Have you heard of them? I think it has been more into the women's health topic lately, and I'm surprised it hasn't been talked about before. We all heard about Kegels, and they'll come in in a bit. Let's start with what is, where is it, and what does it do? Okay, so the pelvic floor muscles, they span to the bottom of your pelvis, and they support the pelvic organs, the bladder and the bowel, the pee-pee and the poo-poo, and the uterus, or the womb. And when the pelvic floor muscles are weakened, they can create problems with bladder and bowel control. There's this very famous, you know, joke and commentary, like, oh, every time I sneeze, I pee myself a little. Those are your pelvic floor muscles. So every time you hear someone do that joke, unfortunately, they don't know that their muscles are weakened and you can work on that. We all gonna go through these problems. Doesn't matter if you gave birth or not. This also comes with age and if you don't exercise muscles, they can get weakened. 
So next time in your workout, there's a couple of things that you can incorporate and also when you're by yourself. So let's try some pelvic floor workouts. And I hope I can describe this well via podcast, but work with me, okay? So here are some pelvic floor exercises that you can try. They're called squats, bridges, and kegels. So the squat goes that you stand up straight with your feet as wide as your shoulder. So they're going to be a little bit apart. And now we're going to bend through my knees and we're going to push down as if you're going to sit in a chair. And once you reach the chair level, you're going to stand back up. So bend your knees and push down as if you're about to sit in a chair and then stand up. And we're going to do this 15 times, three times in a row. So total 45 times. And this next one is called bridges. Maybe you heard through a different name, but the description is like this. You're going to lay down. You're going to lay down in your floor. We're going to put our feet to the floor and our knees up, right? And now we're going to push through our heels into the ground and lift our body up until our knees are in a 90 degree angle. Keep your back straight and you're going to hold for one, two, three, four, five, and you're going to come back down. So you're going to push through your heels, get your body up, your head's still there, but your back is straight. And we're going to do this 14 times, three times in a row. So if you have a daily workout, this is very easy to incorporate. Maybe you're already doing some version of this. If you don't exercise at all, why don't you try just these two? See if you like it, okay? And the other one is an intimate one that is going to be three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening, you know. It's the famous Kegel. This is the one that you're going to contract your uterus. So the recommendation is to kneel on the ground with your back straight. And we're going to contract your uterus muscles in and out for five seconds, hold each. That means you're going to contract and keep that contraction for five seconds. This is hard. This is not as easy. You might be just contracting your butt muscles and that's okay. So an additional tip here. Try to put your finger up yourself so you can feel the contraction. So you can feel that you're not or that you are. And it's okay that in the beginning you can't hold for five seconds, but that's why we're exercising. This is your indication that you should be doing this. If you can't hold for five seconds or if you can't feel the contraction, maybe just exercise enough until you can and that will do. But go check it out. This is important for your pelvic muscle health. Once they're weakened, you will start to trickle down some pee. You will lose control of your bowels. This is not one of those inevitable things. But if you are in the early beginnings, it's very controllable and you can strengthen those muscles. There's no shame in this. Just do it for yourself. We talk a lot about meditation and whatever. Then just do Kegels if you don't want to meditate. You know, it's your moment where you're just in touch with your uterus muscles. Whatever works for you, just tighten it up and then let it go. Okay, let's get those, those floor muscles going. You know what's good? Female pleasure. That's really good. And Hashtag Female Pleasure is a 2018 Swiss-German documentary by Barbara Miller. It's going to follow around five protagonists. So we have five different point of views from five different parts of the world. 
The film argues for the liberation of female sexuality in equal and sensual relationships between sexes for the 21st century. And through these five different optics and five different cultures, they stumble upon the same issues of how we are seen by men, of how we are forced to behave in a way that doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve our ambition of existing in an equal world. Okay, we have only five, but they are an example of a much bigger picture here. All the symptoms are there, so let's start with our own personal work and our community work. Watch this movie. Let's get involved. And that was good. Ah, I hope it gets good. You know, I think the what's good today is I hope it gets good. And let's support Barbara Miller and these five women independently. Okay, let us know what you think about in the comments, and you should be able to find the link to either the trailer or this documentary in our description somewhere. So go check it out. That's what's good. That's a wrap of season one of Free Flow Podcast. We did it. We did six episodes. I'm your host, Livia. It was produced by Janaino Zada and powered by She Period. And I think that's mainly all. Lovely talking to you. I will be seeing you on season two. And that's a wrap. Bye-bye.